0: Hello and welcome to all those years ago a classic album podcast, featuring me, Anthony, from that podcast. Uh, we're, today we're doing, starting a new album, album, album because it's a classic album podcast. We don't always do albums, that's true. Uh, anyways, but we're, we're starting um, this ep, this next couple episodes, and I assume that it's going to be maybe more than two, or maybe even more than three um, episodes. Is George Harrison's first. Third solo album, All Things Must Pass. If you're asking, it's if you're saying it's not his third. Um, he had two very not well-known albums in the late 60s. There was Wonderwall music and there was electronic music. Um, but you know, All Things Must Pass is probably one of his best albums. Um, and it's a triple LP. He had so many triple LPs, it's like Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it's oh it's such a, it's such a fun album to listen to. I have it on vinyl. It's like it's so big. It's like a box set. Um but today we're talking about Yes, All Things Must Pass and this is part 1. We only have four songs we're going to talk about today. Um so probably more than three parts because there's like 24 songs on the album. But first song on the album is called I'd Have You Anytime, which is a collaboration between George Harrison and Bob Dylan. Um, and it was wrote during the later months of 1968 after the White Album had been released and George Harrison was in the U.S. on vacation. George had the idea of starting the album with a slower tempo tempo number. He got this idea from the band's music from Big Pink. That's the first song of the album had a very slow number. But usually bands start off with fast tempo songs, which kind of made this different. Um, and the lyrics inspired... The title and chorus of Paul McCartney's 1973 song, Let Me Roll It, which was recorded with wings for Band on the Run. Um, Yeah. <laughs> I was going to look up. So- oh, yeah. um, And that's basically it for that one. Not a lot of these have big stories, except for this next one, which is called My Sweet Lord. And it was originally George's debut single and his biggest chart hit. He began writing My Sweet Lord in December of 1969. The primary inspiration was from Edwin Hawkins' arrangement of the 18th century hymn, Oh, Happy Day, which was a charting hit in 1969. The success of the song was in part of the simplicity of the lyrics, because there was only apparently like 23 words that were said in it. Harrison wrote it as a plea to God, where he presented himself as a passionate, passionate and willing disciple. The backing vocals evolved from the Hebrew word hallelujah and those evolved to Sanskrit prayer and incantations for Krishna, Krishna. And by Krishna, I mean, Harry Krishna. Um, when the song was written, George was still a part of the Beatles, technically. Um, and you know, he haven't even recorded I, Me, Mine at that point they record that in January of 1970 this is December of 1969 but this was like a month after month a couple months after John Lennon had announced he was leaving the band Um, so he gave this song to Billy Preston he also gave all things must pass to Billy Preston as well Billy Preston was a longtime friend of the Beatles who played on let it be and some Abbey Road songs Preston was also an accomplished musician himself. When George wrote songs with the Beatles, he was never sure what would make the album. Therefore, he gave some of his songs to other artists. For example, Sour Milk Sea by Jackie Lomax from the album Is This What You Want or something. That was released on Apple Records. So that's why, you know, same with Mary Hopkins. So that's why Paul McCartney wrote, did a lot of things to write songs for Mary Hopkin, And then... um. George gave this song to Jackie Lomax because they're both Apple artists. They did a lot of things to really helped the people on their label. Uh, Five months after Billy Preston recorded his version, George called him up to be in his version of the song. The song was most likely the best example of Phil Spector's signature wall of sound. Um, Phil Spector, I think, did die last year. I don't remember. Uh, My Sweet Lord also got George into some legal trouble with the Chiffons, With the chiffons, I think that's the name. My Sweet Lord sounded like the Chiffons' song, He's So Fine, which was recorded and released years prior to My Sweet Lord, and that was released, or the Chiffons' song was released in December of 1962 and was a hit in early 1963. Um, that's before the Beatles' first album has come out, and that was after the first single had come out. On February tenth, nineteen seventy-one, Bright Tunes filed a lawsuit against Harrison Harrisongs Music Ltd, which is the UK publishing label, Harrisongs Music Inc, the US one, Apple Records, BMI, and Hanson Productions Publications. Sorry, <laughs> Alan Klein met the president of Bright Tunes uh, prior and Klein had suggested that Harrison could buy the entire Bright Tunes catalog by way of settlement. However, the president of Bright Tunes proposed that the copyright of the song could be surrendered to Bright Tunes. Another deal was accepted, therefore picking up the pace of the court case. Later on in the court case, a couple years in, a couple months in, I don't remember, <laughs> it doesn't say on my notes, uh, Harrison offered $148,000, which represented 40% of composer and publisher royalties that have been collected in the U.S. thus far, with the exception that Harrison would regain copyright of the song. Um, And the representative for Bright Tunes said that was a good one, but they requested that the offer be raised from 50% of U.S. sales to 75% of worldwide sales. The judge eventually decreed that My Sweet Lord contained hints of plagiarism from the Chiffon song. And in the end, George had to pay $1.6 million. This led to George having a break in songwriting. And he wrote a song during the court case called This Song, saying there wasn't anything tricky about it. Um, this next song is called "Wawa." Written when George walked out on the Beatles during the Get Back sessions of January 10th, 1969. If you even look onto the Get Back documentary, you can see where he walked off. It was that exact same day. It was written because George was unhappy with the growing tensions within the band. And it was George's first Beatle-related song. The other ones were All Those Years Ago and When We Was Fab, which were released in the 80s. It was the first song played on the concert for Bangladesh, and the last song played on the tribute concert for George. The first song recorded during the All Things Must Pass sessions, and Harrison's initial reaction to hearing the song, and he said it was overproduced with um, Her- with Phil Spector's Wall of Sound. He seemed to have a lot of problems with some of Phil Spector's work on his songs, but in the end, it always turned out good. If you listen to the album, you know. <laughs> um isn't it a pity it was released in two versions on all things must pass isn't it a pity you one isn't it pity two that's kind of obvious <laughs> the oldest song on the album dating back to 1966 when it was written harrison considered giving it to frank sinatra because again beatles he didn't know what would make the album because lennon vetoed the beatles from working on this song which harrison was like well this is a good song so i give it to someone else Um, but Harrison had tried to get the Beatles to work on it for the get-back sessions, but was unsuccessful. The lyrics for Isn't It a Pity are divided into two halves. The first sees Harrison, regretful at the heartache and pain people, cause one another. Um, And the other half reflects Harrison's spiritual ideals and harks back to the Sgt. Pepper song, Within You, Without You. George said that isn't a it pity it's just an ob- observation of how society and myself or or are we take each other we take each other for granted and forget to give back that was really what it was all about and the end of the song was reminiscent of hey jude the end of the song was i don't, I don't know what it was saying because it was had so much instrumentation overlapping it i think it was saying pity or isn't it a pity or i don't i don't know <laughs> i could look up the lyrics actually um, because that's kind of, you know, kind of got to know this stuff. Uh, God. Yeah, it says, What a pity, 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 pity. Yeah, okay. That's all it says. Um, and that's reminiscent of Hey Jude because it's the repetition of a lyric in a certain way. The Hey Jude signature, na, na, na. And some people think that because a song was written in 1966, that if it had this outro, um, when it was written, then maybe Paul McCartney kind of used the outro for Hey Jude. But some people think that, you know, wasn't possible or wouldn't happen. And that Harrison just put it in the song. So it would bring people back to Hey Jude or something. I just know when I first heard it, I was like, that kind of sounds like Hey Jude. Um, anyway, that's the end of this episode. I uh, spent a lot of time talking about My Sweet Lord. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, I am very monotone today, that's a, that's for sure. Uh, so anyways, thank you for listening to this episode of All Those Years Ago, Classic Album Podcast, and I'll uh, we'll be back in two weeks to talk about part two of this album. Anyways, enjoy this awesome commercial that I recorded. I really need to record the commercials, because <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a great commercial reading, but, you know, maybe you'll like it. <laughs> so <laughs>